Balance your trading strategy by adding futures. CME Group helps you manage risk and capture opportunities in all market environments. Capitalize on around-the-clock access to highly liquid global futures and options market across all major asset classes. Just visit your online broker and get started. Plug into valuable educational materials and trading tools and see what adding futures can do for you at cmegroup.com slash on the tape. It's top of the hour. It's 1 o'clock Eastern. It is Wednesday, December 8th. Guy, you and I do these trading spaces sponsored by CME Group every Monday and Wednesday at 1 o'clock. CME Group is also the sponsor of our podcast on the tape that we do with Danny Moses. It drops every Friday morning. Danny Moses of the big Oh no, short the big short. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah no, now. I got to be careful. But Danny's, um, uh, Danny's on fire with his NFL picks. So you got to tune in on the tape. I think he's eighteen and two this season versus a line on his picks that he's given out on on the tape. We've also had a lot of great discussions on. I think we've been really early on this whole stagflationary thing. Danny started talking about it. I think in July. Um, okay, so that's in the podcast stores. These trading spaces go into the podcast. So if you have to tune off and you want to check it out, they go into our feed. So please subscribe, share it, all of the above on the tape pod with Guy, Dan, and Danny. All right, Guy, let's get into it. It's been a pretty epic rally off of the lows. What would we close? Friday morning, Friday morning, it looked pretty ugly. We rallied, probably came back, you know, got back half the losses, right, into Friday's close. And then it's just been like smooth sailing. What do the kids say? BTD or BTFD. You know what that stands for? Um, that's, that's, yeah, I guess. that's what they did this time again, guys. Anytime, you know, it's funny, <laughs> is anytime there's an F in one of these yeah. things, like that word I can tout because yeah. you, you know, you've been using it. You've been using it since the 40s. Been using it my entire by the way, they say that they say that people that curse it's a it's a it's a sign of uh, high intelligence. I don't know what it means for me. All right, S and P five hundred, and I know that I said this, so this is not Monday morning quarterback stuff going on. Um, a few weeks ago, I said, look, the obvious place for the S and P to trade down to would be the prior high that we made back in September of about forty five thirty or thereabouts. If you remember, it was I think it was September first or second. From that point on, the market then cratered. I know you remember that move into mid-October, early October, when we traded down to, I think, 42.70 or thereabouts in a straight line. So past resistance becomes support. I thought we would find it in the form of 45.30-ish. And you know what? That's pretty much You got it. You nailed it. We traded down to 45.11 or something on December 1st. So here we are now. What are my thoughts? Well, given the seasonality, uh, given that we've seemed to have learned how to trade around the variant and the virus, I think the market continues to grind higher. I don't know what's good at this point. And each day we get closer to the 25th leads me to believe each day we get closer, probably, you know, 4,800 or thereabouts in the S&P. All right. So why do you say 4,800? Amanda's going to post a chart that I just drew up. It's just a trend channel. You see it lower left, upper right. It's pretty beautiful. The um, Delta variant decline in the summer was a little less than 6%. The decline that we just had on this Omicron was about 6%. Um, that is basically, those are the two biggest peak to trough declines we've had in the S&P 500 for all of 2021. And in the upper bound of that trend channel guy, it gets you to 
4,800. Is that your target? There you go. There, look at you reading my mind. That would be the upper portion of the trend channel that you just spoke about. And we have traded in a very defined channel now some time. I mean, if you look at the chart, it's extraordinarily constructive. I mean, it's a great – the S&P is a great-looking chart. It concerns me that, you know, these peak to trough declines that everybody anticipates each year of anywhere from 10 to 15 to 20 percent has not taken place, and maybe we get one early in 2022. But from here until the new year, you know, I think we're sort of on this autopilot. Now, could you get some headline that's going to come out, you know, rumblings, China, Taiwan, Russia, Ukraine? I mean, those things are out there. But again, the market doesn't seem to care all that much about it right now, Dan. Yeah, I, it's you know, we had Ian Bremmer on the podcast last week, president of Eurasia Group, and we were talking about some of these geopolitical hotspots. He didn't seem to think that there's anything that's going to be brewing in, in Russia, on Ukraine, and the border there. And he didn't even think anything's going to happen in China and Taiwan anytime soon. Those are the two things that people are most focused on as it relates to maybe the disruption of energy, um, you know, in Europe, in the pipeline, gas pipelines. And then obviously supply chains um, with China and Taiwan, that would be a bit of a disaster. And then if China really did anything, you know, there would have to be some sort of sanctions, which would basically, you know, slow the global economy again. What Ian mentioned, though, was with Iran, that Iran is basically, what, four weeks away from being able to have um, uranium-grade or, or, or nuclear-weapon-grade uranium, and he thinks that there's that's a really that's a big issue here. What do you think of crude oil here, Guy Adami? We've seen a 20% peak to drop decline from the highs. Um, we saw that uh, around the variant, uh, the Delta variant, over the summer. It's interesting that... Um, Energy or energy investors like they shoot first, ask questions. Yeah, later that's exactly with, right. Yeah, what is, is, do you think it was just a bit of an overreaction? Jim Cramer well, was talking I mean, about it, the jokers it, to the left, jokers to the yeah, right. Listen, I think it's interesting you say over. I think it was a reaction, and I'm not trying to be glib here. I think you're you're right to say overreaction, but that's the way the oil market trades now. In terms of the OIH, real quick, if you look at where we just recently traded down to, I think we got down to 173 or so in the OIH in early December. That was pretty much the same low we made back in April and effectively the same low we made, I want to say, in the middle of August or so. So you keep trading down this 170, 175 level in the OIH and you bounce. This time, I think the bounce is going to hold. And look, I didn't see this last leg down coming. You did 100%. I think it was aided from a number of different reasons, not least of which the SPR um, release, which again, I'm, I don't, it's not political. It, it happened. So we have to talk about it, but yeah. I think now the pendulum has swung back the other way. So I do think you're going to see prices higher into your end. And I think the way to play it is in this OIH, which I think right now is trading around one. All right. Question, there. question for you. I love okay. questions. That's you also, you think rates are going higher. Yes, I do. Do you also think the dollar is going higher? Because the dollar really did put in a little bit of a, you know, like that 95 in the Dixie seems like a level here. So it seems like pretty good support here. So can can crude oil go up in the face of that? And then I also want to ask you one other question about the OIH. You know, we just did a uh, live market call. Yeah, we did. Uh, 2022 preview sponsored by Facts that we had a bunch of really great um, energy people on from them. And we had John Butters who does their earnings insight. We're really interested about the upward revisions in energy um, expectations 
expectations. And then the year over year growth rates are highest in the S&P 500. But here's the thing, guy, you and I were both a little shocked because we knew that energy is only single digits in the S&P, but neither one of us would have guessed it's low single digits. So how important is energy? And then I want to opine on the OIH chart after you give me your uh, your 411. Okay, so I'll try to answer all these questions. In terms of its importance to the broader market, it has none. In terms of the stocks, it has zero. In terms of what it means for the barter market, in terms of sentiment, I think it has a lot. I think people do look at energy and energy prices when they try to figure out what's going to happen with the broader market. Now, to your point, energy right now, I think, is less than four weighting in the S&P, which is amazing. I, I thought it was closer to seven or eight. It's half of that. So I think its importance in terms of numbers is, is not. I think its importance in terms of sentiment is great, number one. Number two... In terms of the stocks, I mean, I think you want to be in names that are levered to the price. And we, we talk about them all the time. Names like APA. I mean, there, there, there are names out there. PSX is a name that I've talked about a number of times. Very volatile. But that's where you want to be. And I do think the components of the OIH, specifically Halliburton, Schlumberger, the two biggest components, are names that can continue to rally. So hopefully that answers your question. In terms of rates, I've been right. I've been wrong. I've been right. I've been wrong. But Again, the volatility that we've seen, 10-year yields, yields traded up to 168, I think, thereabouts a couple weeks ago. They proceeded to trade down to 133, I think we touched, last week. And now here we are at, what, 152? I mean, they're trading like biotech stocks. Now, you will correctly say that we've basically gone nowhere since March, and you're right. But the volatility in between, to me, is something that's worth noting, Dan. All right, so I got to ask you about the OAH, though. It seems like it's like this big battleground um, stock. I know a lot of people on Twitter um, that when we do these things, they're always hitting us about the OAH. Amanda's got two charts. The one-year chart of the OAH looks horrible. Okay, it did bounce off that 175 level. It's done that a couple times or two or three times over the last year or so. That looks like a textbook head and shoulders top, okay? Textbook. Listen, you're probably right. And I'm sure Helene is on and she's probably nodding her head in agreement. But you know, and I know that there have been hundreds of examples over the years of things that potentially could have been in shoulder stops or bottoms. That True that. All right. So, but, I mean, but, and again, that's but that's what we're trying to figure out. Right. And I think you'd be right to say that it is and to trade it that way. Um well, I look at this guy. Look at the five-year, okay? So, man, is going to post a one-year, which kind of really shows that, in my opinion, and, and we can bring Colleen up. I'd love to hear what she has to say. And then you look at it in a five-year. The stock is below, excuse me, oh, yeah. I mean, is below the breakdown level from early 20. The high, okay, in yeah, the Yeah, this OAH, was a $1,100 thing, I think, I, at one point in 2015 or 14. So it's below its 200-day and its 50-day moving average. Yeah. And it's not looking healthy. So, you know, for whatever that's worth, that one seems like a dead bang loser. And the reason I started off by asking you about rates in the dollar, and again, I repeat stuff over and over again because maybe you guys will finally just well, sink I mean, in. Well, I mean, if you also do that, you can get elected president, apparently, in, in a number of different years. You just say the same thing. You say things enough times, it becomes truth. Anyway, Do you think I'd be a good president? Absolutely. Do you think I'd be a president Absolutely. for all the people? I mean, would I be, be a president a, for all the people? Um, of course you would, Dan. <laughs> okay. okay fair enough and you know what you'd you know what great, i would be a great, and you'd be a great chris, general manager yeah of the i know New chris York moore's Yankees. listening chris yeah. moore's here i'd love by the way you'd want to talk about a radio genius in, in in the tri-state area that would be chris moore number one he should have his own show number two but i will tell you and i know everybody says they'd be a great general manager i i will say without equivocation 
that if you put my ass in the chair to be the GM of the New York football giants, I will place around in three years. And it does not include trading our two first-round draft picks, which, by the way, as it stands right now, are going to be probably pick number five and number seven. Back to you, Dan. You're really worried about that. Um, all right, let me talk no, about No, you know why I'm worried about it? Because why? the new guy that's going to come in is going to trade those picks for a short-term fix in the form of Russell Wilson, 33-year-old quarterback whose best years are behind him, and that's going to be a huge mistake. Back to you. Yeah, he's a great dude, though. I like Russell Wilson. I, yeah, yeah. I'm sure he's a wonderful dude. It's got nothing to do. I mean, the world's filled with great dudes and great <laughs> It's got nothing to do with anything. I want somebody behind center that can play, and I'm not convinced that Daniel Jones isn't that guy. I happen to like Daniel Jones. I'm worried, though, Dan, that his season might be over and nobody's talking about it. This neck injury concerns me. Back yeah, to you. Again. He's had a rough year. That hit he took in Dallas. I was shocked that he was back the next week. All right, guy, let's talk about some big bounces today. Um, one of them that's sticking out like a sore thumb. Roku is up 17%. Okay. It made a high, Guy Dami, yeah. of $490 in the summer. And it just traded below 200 last week. Okay. This stock is ripping today um so what do you think of like we've seen some massive moves both down it feels kind of unhealthy um in a lot of ways don't you think i, I mean, think that's you... exact i think that's exactly right i think people look at moves of this magnitude the upside and they confuse it with the health of the market and i think moves it's funny when people when stocks go down like that people say oh it's panic and yeah. the market's broken and all those things but when stocks go up like that nobody bats an eye it's the same thing. It just happens to be going up. The, the structure of the market and the panic of the market is still there. You can have panic buying, by the way. I think who is simple, and I know you know. Short covering, they, Well, that never reached in a deal with Google for a multi-year yeah. agreement. So this whole YouTube, Roku, Roku, that whole thing, I think it's got people sort of geeked up. And I'm sure Kathy Wood, I think Roku is one of her top 15 holdings, I think. Obviously, I'm sure she's thrilled to hear that. But as we mentioned, and I don't want to go down the arc hole, but just since we're on Roku, I think all but two of her names uh, had seen peak to trough declines of 20% or greater. Think about that. And that speaks to the that speaks to markets um, plowing into names, high valuations, and how quickly that turns on a dime when people start to focus on valuation. Yeah, well, here's the deal. I mean, you're right. I mean, uh, Tesla's 8.5%. Uh, Teladoc is 6%. Tesla's up a lot, and it's the highest, um, you know, it's the highest weighted stock. Teladoc's a disaster. Roku's a disaster. Zoom is number four disaster. Coinbase, Coinbase is fine. Uh, Unity has been down a lot. Spotify's been down a lot. I don't even know what exact science is. I probably Draft should. King, I think DraftKings is in that as well. Yeah, but way down. It's way down. It's number 18. Yeah. Um, guy, let's talk. Uh, Twitter was one that she was buying a lot of when it when it came in after the CEO. At least that's what was reported. Um, you're seeing big bounces today. Snap is up eight percent. Twitter's up three percent. Pinterest is up five percent. These are stocks that have really gotten like slammed down thirty percent in a couple months. Anything going on there? You know, my my sense was in Lyft, obviously, um, you know, is up three percent. I think at some point over the last couple of weeks, other than Twitter. Um, you know, I just thought that these stocks could bounce. There's a huge gap that needs to be filled in Snap. And Snap's one of those stocks where it feels like it has 50% up and 50% down and it just yeah. kind of moves like a wave. Any any thoughts on some of those names into year end that have been really beaten up? You just mentioned uh, Donkey Kong, as we call it, the DraftKings. That's up DKNG. That's how it comes out. Up 7%. 
Donkey Kong. I didn't even think that. That's, that's, that's good. Game, I, you know, I never really understood how to play. Those games confuse me. Um, what do I think is going on? Well, I think this is my sense. And again, I'm not suggesting I'm right at all. But all these names that have gotten whacked, I think people are looking for names who could bounce into year end. And I, I think they're just playing it for a trade. And you can catch 15 or 20 percent moves in some of these names without question. Doesn't mean they're doesn't mean they're great stocks, but. You've seen it. You've seen it happen a dozen times this year with a lot of these names, and I think that's what we're on the verge of now. So, I think it's just people piling into these names with the thought that you're going to catch a bounce into year end, and I think that's what's going on because outside of Roku and that news, which is Roku specific, there's not like anything changed today. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Um, it's it seems like a day where I'm looking at my screens and I see a lot of green, but I also see a lot of red. Um, th- let's talk about Intel. We didn't really talk about it the other day, so they made I'd this love to talk about. It. I'd yeah, they love made. The, I know. Talk about it, they, so. they made so they made this announcement. They paid like close to sixteen billion dollars for mobile lives. Is really um, autonomous driving tech and. Um, you know, I, I think one of the big knocks on this story is that they made a lot of acquisitions in the last, you know, five to six years. They bought Altera, they bought um, a couple of other companies other than Mobileye, and people thought they were doing a good job assembling a lot of really interesting assets for all of those buzzwords: AR, VR, autonomy. You know, you, you know, goes on IoT, goes on and on and on. And at one point last week, guy, AMD's market cap almost past Intel and you've been in the business for 48 years and you, 48 years next you remember future. you remember when working on those transistors back in some garage out in Palo Alto and everything like that That's I mean the, like good. no one in a million years 10 years ago would ever tell you like they, they wouldn't the, the, you know I that, remember that AMD could ever the pass the market in, the, in the halcyon days in the early halcyon. days of fast money yeah. That the only reason, and I remember saying these words, I, I said the only reason AMD exists is so <laughs> Intel won't be a monopoly and they can fly under the radar screen. That's the. Uh, I, I was said that Intel basically is just dragging AMD along. Yeah. And by the way, that was true for a long time, and then the world changed, and obviously Lisa Sue taking over at AMD, and it started before that, by the way. But she's obviously transitioned this company in a major way. Intel is not now. You mentioned this news out of Intel. They're going to spin out or spin off or whatever the word is. Their prized possession. And everybody's like, oh, what a genius move by them. You know what's the same? That, so Yankees, the top, the top prospect <laughs> in the Yankee organization is a kid named Anthony Volpe. He will be playing shortstop in the major leagues for somebody, hopefully in the Bronx, not this year, but next year. It would be the same thing as, as Brian Cashman saying, we just traded our prized prospect, the guy that we think is going to lead us for the next 15 years to Rangers for a bag of balls and a lot of money. And everybody's, oh, what a genius move. And then they realize, wait a second, why would you do that? If this is such a great – if Intel isn't getting rewarded for, for Mobileye, then it's Intel's fault. It's not the market's fault. Do a better job. All right. Of can I, no, I'm just telling you. Can I, can so I weigh it's in? It's a brainless you, move. You seem what fired up. I, well, and yes, I, I – so hold on before you you can yell at me all you want. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you think they would love to have PayPal back? Don't answer. Do you think McDonald's would love to have Chipotle back? Don't answer. Do you think Conoco Phillips would love to have Phillips 66 back? Now you can answer. Whoa. Um I think that 
the difference here is that they're going to remain like very large shareholder yeah. and they're yeah. basically yeah. to unlock the value. If Unlo- they paid, if yeah. they, well, hold on, guy. If they, if shareholder value, if they paid 16 billion and they didn't do a good job integrating it and it's not reflected in their stock price, the idea of floating it, keeping a majority stake and then having, let's say it's worth let, $50 let, billion. No, no, and let somebody smarter do it. That's what they're saying. They basically said we can't do this on our own for whatever reason. You All know right. what? Get it a is new a new. CEO. It is a new CEO. Just so you know. Yeah, get a new one. To, hold I on. Mean, he, no, but it used. To, he was the CEO of VMware, and they, this was you know, this was you this was a trade EMC you know, VMware. I know you know that I'm. I'm I know that you know that I want to. All right, so guy, let's let's move. Let's By move the way, on. I think Danny Moses just was on here and he jumped off. I think I scared him away. You're yelling. Um, uh, I see Tom Sweeney on there. Hey, Tom, how are you, bud? Tom, uh, Tom knows Tom, I'm fired up. Tom, oh, Danny got, is got, here. Make Danny got, a speaker. Uh, yeah, let's do that. Real quickly, though, while he's coming up, um, Guy, bank stocks, rates, uh, two-year. This is what Danny wants to talk about. He wants to yell about the two-year at, at 70 bips. He should. Um, he's, he's I know. Spot I, well, on. By the yeah. way, here, 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 before Danny gets on, you want, you want a, an early 2022 prediction? I'll tell you what it's going to be. Um, yeah. Here you go, Dan Nathan. Two's tens are going to be thirty-five basis points, and going to be this Whoa. is how it's going to come out. It's going to be one and a half percent in the two-year and one eighty-five in the ten-year. There you go. Write that down. Oh my goodness! I mean, that's a heck of a call. I well, think Danny's here. Not, you know what? It's not crazy. It's it's absolutely not crazy, Danny. You just heard what I said. What do you think? Hey guys, unmute yourself. I was just I was hey, just throwing a lawyer in. I can't I can't be blind and, and not be seen. So. I was just enjoying your guys' conversation. No, I think we're headed higher in rates for sure. I'm with you guys. What do you think? What do you think about that twos tens? I think it's going to go to 35 basis points, and the breakdown is going to be one and a half, 185. Okay, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. You know, all that's that's just that's not an endorsement. That's an endorsement. That's I, I think we're I think we're going to continue to flatten. That's my I'm totally with you. Hey, Danny, I got a, I got a question for you, buddy. So a lot of our on the tape podcast listeners know you of the uh, Big Short. Um, you Love were uh, on it. You were, you were on a team at Front Point that um, you know we're calling the top in, in the housing market. You got a lot of. We all saw the movie, read the book. Everyone but Guy. Um, what is your take? about Citibank here. I mean, the stock is basically unchanged on the year. JP Morgan's up about 20-some percent. Uh, Bank of America's up about 40-some percent. I'm just doing money center banks here. Yeah. And Wells Fargo's up like 60. What the hell is going on with All Citibank? All right, so my thought is this, and don't at me, everybody. They have more oh, international... Adam. They Adam. have more international exposure than most of these banks on a percentage basis, I think. I'm not completely up to yes, what that's true. So they're getting impacted, obviously, by the stronger dollar and some are happening you know, geopolitically around the world. So I believe they're probably impacted more. So not a, as pure of a consumer bank in the U.S. as, you know, to the U.S. consumers, many of those are. That's what I believe is happening. Yeah, so. but the stock, Danny, was $80, okay, in the, in the spring, in June. And now it's 62 and a half. And it's when trading you- at 80%. Of, it's actually trading at 79% of tangible book, which is madness if you think of it now. I agree that they should be at a discount to some that much. For example, J.P. Morgan's north of two. I mean, something doesn't add up here, Danny Moses. Well, I mean, you know, maybe you can get Porter and Vincent on. They certainly know better than I would. But I will tell you this. A lot of those books, as we know, those quant funds, which are set up to go long and short sectors. I'm guessing that cities use potentially as a short mechanism because of the international exposure and they don't benefit as much 
from the rate move here as all the other consumer banks do, and people go along the others. I mean, it could be something as simple as that. I don't know of any any secret thing or any, any you know any type of canary in the coal mine on that. So I, I just right. don't. So. All right, fair enough. Hey, here's one. You came on Monday on Trading Spaces. You brought Brady Cobb on. We talked about the Safe uh, Banking Act and the NDAA. What's going on here? The 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 we were looking at the MSOS and Tim Seymour's. Uh, CNBS. These are two. Um, one, you know, MSO, MSOS yeah. is the big one, right? These are the cannabis ETF. Yep. yep. Right, and they were really volatile. Um, what's going on? Just give us a quick update. Well, first of um, all, they're volatile because you know, like all the constituencies they own are on swap. So if you're even if people are trading options there, the option market makers have a hard time getting in and out of these things. So that's why you saw like twenty six to twenty seven to twenty five. That being said. Let's go back like a month ago before we even thought that the safe would be included in this NDAA. So it turns mm-hmm. out it wasn't right. But what did happen was it made a lot more people aware of it, of what the SAFE Act actually is. It made a lot more people come out in, in you know, support of it once they found out exactly what it does, which is allow these cannabis companies to use the U.S. banking system, allow the banks to have cover to do it. So now the pressure is on. So now the cat is out of the bag and now something is going to happen, hopefully in the half of 2022. But let's remember these cannabis companies have been operating like this for years and still growing like they are. So this was going to be a cherry on top. So we're going to have to wait for the cherry for another quarter or two. But there's no reason to sell the stocks here. I don't think anything, maybe when the MSOS was up around 31, 32, things got a little ahead of themselves that it was going to be priced and it was going to happen. But I think now you had an oversold situation just using the MOS, MSOS as the barometer. But again, like just imagine what these companies could do with being able to use bank facilities, being able to cost the capital to come down, actually being able to run payroll in a normal way without cash, you know, all these things which every company has the benefit of doing. All the other issues, the 280E, the tax codes and stuff, that will be addressed eventually. But here's the biggest irony. Booker and Schumer, you know, state of New Jersey, state of New York, they, they stood by the comprehensive, you know, bill that they wanted, which is great. Don't get That should happen. But the states of New York and New Jersey, they already have expungement laws. They already did. They could have stood up and says, our home states, New York and New Jersey, have done an incredible job already. We're proud of that. We hope this HOPE Act, which got introduced, as everyone saw, by, um, by, by bipartisan support. So after talking to Brady and people over the last few days, this thing is now front and center, and it will be attached to some form in the first quarter, second quarter. So long story short, I'm a big buyer here of, of all these stocks at these levels, and it's going to happen. I love when you get fired. Can I? You, you mentioned letting the and now Dan's going to hate me, which is fine. I mean, it's par for the course. Lenny Dykes, did you say? No, I was oh. going to say you said cat out of the bag. Do you know the etym? Is that right? Etymology of that? Is that like I, you know? Where's it come from? Like who puts cats in bags? I don't Do know. Doctor Seuss. Doctor Seuss. I have no idea. But the cat's out of the bag. That's so out it's out of running bag. around. Okay. The cat is loose. Sorry, Dan. Know, man, but, Dan Nathan, yeah. please continue. What do you mean, sorry? I love that stuff. Um, well, I mean, it's a fair question. You know, people say shit like this all the time, and they don't. I don't know where. I mean, I probably have said let the cat out of the bag, but I don't know what it means. <laughs> I mean, I really don't know what it means. It's crazy if you think about it. I'm not a cat it. person, so. So, Danny, yeah. what are you thinking? Yeah. Um, JP Morgan um, just put out their 2022 year end target 50 50 in the SP. We have the SP right now, 4688. Um, you know, David Solomon, DJ D soul, um, of Goldman Sachs the other day on CNBC said he expects stock market returns to be a bit more muted than they have over the last couple of years. What, what's your take into 2022 guy just said that he uh, sees a hard time. The S and P not, you know, closing near the highs, you know, we get through some of the stuff in Washington over the next 
week yeah. or so. What, what's your take? How, how do we end up the year, do you think? And then how do we deal with it in January? Because in years past, sometimes when they mark the hell out of a big a big year-end close, sometimes it comes back in January. Yeah, listen, you, you're, you got through the – I think we got through the debt ceiling issue potentially by using a one-time rule, right? So we get another $2.5 trillion added to our debt. I, I don't know if anyone – and this market has been all about immediate gratification for the last several years, right? So right now, it doesn't pay to be short at this moment, right? Who wants to stand in front of this potentially? But, guys, again, like two, 2022 estimates, I don't care what the year-end target on the S&P is of 50-50, but looking where this market may be traded, we have too much debt to, for rates to go higher. And if rates go higher, we're already starting to see in certain stocks what rates higher, what rates go higher means. And so – Right now, maybe we're in this, you know, blissful little period of time in the Santa Claus rally. Is, oh, is oh, oh, my God. Oh, oh wait, cat out that. of the bag? Is Santa carrying the cat? Oh. I, I don't know. But anyway, whatever it is, it, I, you know, I think it's a, it's, no one wants to stand in front of it. So is someone going to initiate a large short position right now into year end in the market? I don't know. But 22 numbers. I think are probably going to be too high, and I think the market's going to have a lot of trouble going into next year. May so, I ask you another question, Danny? Yeah. What is your what what is your documented record now in the league where they play for pay? Documented. So on our podcast, we have one or two picks here. It's eighteen and two against the Wait spread. Wait, stop! Hold on, slow down. It's what yes. eighteen and two. The only okay, confusion that's, that's, came that's ninety percent. I can do that math. Yeah, so it's eighteen and two. So again, two times I've missed. Where the market got destroyed the following people, <laughs> the, so the Bulls want me to get it right. So I'll I'll have two picks for you guys on Friday morning. So and then hopefully Dan, which currently owes me forty five hundred bucks, can maybe claw back because one of them I know he's going to take the other side of mine. So, oh really? Okay. Yeah. I mean yeah. uh, that's yeah. fine. By I mean, the I way, got... you know, so just I know Dan's pissed off. Just so you know, <laughs> some of the commentary I've made on the back of your calls, for example, um, the Colts are going to run for two hundred fifty yards. I'd love that. I mean, you nailed that. Yeah, it's, you know, so we are we are yeah, simpatico, as they say. I agree. Every time you have loved that one, I think you're actually have a perfect record also. So and you know. there was a one game where you like the Vikings. And I think and we actually said, you know, you take the Vikings in the money line. We thought Packers. that we went out. That was I, mean, the Packers. I remember all yep. this shit. That was the Packers. That's right. Anyway, Yeah. Back, you back to you, Dan Nathan. Sorry. All right. Well, um, I think we're coming up at one thirty here. We usually do this for 30 minutes here. Um, so it seems like, you know, Dan, the- see, folks, hold on for a second. Dan gets upset because he can't control, you know, he can control me. But when Danny comes in, it's like it's uh, the cat's out of the <laughs> I, 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 think, <laughs> I think people love hearing, you know, the NFL picks and, and Danny's been I'm great. Gonna at find, it. I'm going to find out from Vinny and Porter on their takes on Citigroup versus J.P. Morgan and all that stuff for you, Dan. Yeah, we got to have those two guys back on the pod. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I love those guys. All right, real quickly, though, like as we start thinking about, you know, I I love – I usually love this time of year figuring out, like, stuff. Here, guy, this one's for you. Baby Uh with the the bathwater. So so let me ask you guys this. Um, Look at, like, a PayPal. I feel like the sentiment got so bad so quickly. I kind of feel like this one is set to bounce. I love the idea. Danny, before you jumped on, we were talking about the the gap lower in um, Snapchat from October. Like, you know, those sorts of gaps like to get filled. And as soon as you start hating on some of these stories that collapse so quickly, you get some big moves here, especially into earnings, right? So as we get into Q4 earnings, let's say mid to late January, some of these stories might take People might be looking with rose-colored glasses. Are oh, there any, my God. Are there any may, of the big... may I quickly opine on yeah. pal? Because if you say one more of these things, I'm going to hang up. 
Yeah. If you were to go back to, Dan Nathan, November of last year, I think it was November 10th, but don't at me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Look at where PayPal traded down to. And by the way, I've mentioned this on CNBC's Fast Money. Okay, I think it was about 183 or thereabouts. Yep, yep. Look at where PayPal just recently traded down to. Same spot, guy. Look at me. So to answer Well, just so you guys tune in, tune into my in the money segment that I do with Fidelity that'll be on my Twitter, Fidelity's Twitter later this afternoon. I detail a defined risk way to play for such a move. That gap guy that we saw in early November, somewhere from like that 225 level, that's going to get filled in pretty soon. My man. Look at All you. All right, Danny, anything down. anything thematic um that stories that got way overvalued, but you like the stories. The companies are executing well, you know what I mean? But it was just the valuation was mispriced and, you know, all that sort of anything as you think about into year end for, for the new year that you think about. One name I just want to throw out there, Danny, I'd love to get your take. Look at Zoom on a day today where everything else in and around it is rallying like crazy and this thing's up less than 3%. This thing feels like it's got some nasty STD or something like that. But as soon as you start feeling that way, this thing just feels like it could be at 300 in a heartbeat. What do you think? I, I got my, I'm not, I've been kind of driving around today, so attention as much okay. to the market. Where are you going? Hold on. This. Wait a second. Walmart. Slow down, Kimosabi. Where are you driving around? Don't worry about it. Walmart, Walmart, <laughs> Walmart doesn't make a lot of sense to me here. I'm still a buyer of that on dips like here, down here. I just don't quite get it. I can't find a theme where why it wouldn't be working here. So that stock looks cheap. And then. A sector I'm keeping my eye on, which I think will be a short at some point, is the buy now, pay later group. Which is the whole so that we can have the BNPL, which you know somehow is not falling in in the in the sights yet of the government, but it will as soon as you start to see a you know a ton of defaults out there. So and by and by the way, they've been stealing business left and right from their credit card companies, but I think this is like you know an extended pretend thing. And you can buy tickets to the Orange Bowl right now. I'll pay later. You can pretty much buy anything you want right now on it. Can you buy tickets to the Ranger game tonight against Colorado? Danny, I got one more question for you, Danny, and then you can you can Audi. Yeah. Are you still basking in the afterglow of winning that uh, Pro-Am <laughs> with Ned Michaels? <laughs> no, because my I, I'm not playing well, and uh, yes, the answer is yes. I'm going to that's going to stay with me for a while until I play well again. Dude, he, he dissed you. He's he's playing in a Pro-Am at Pebble Beach right now, actually. Is he really? What? I mean, I go, go, go look at him on his. Nice, yeah, nice go, go look on his Twitter. I, he's he's there, and, and it looked like the last time he played at this pro am. I can tell from his Twitter, he had a hole in one. It looked like Jesus. All right, yeah. well, all right. Well, well, listen, you guys can catch Danny and myself um, every Friday on the tape. You can catch up on all the old episodes at on the tape pod. That's our Twitter account. You can follow us. In the podcast stores, we are sponsored by CME Group. We love CME Group. They're also the sponsors of these trading spaces, these very trading spaces. Amanda Diaz, our crack producer, records them, puts them in the podcast feed. So you can kind of listen to them again or take them on the road with you or whatever the heck you want to do. This week, uh, oh, we have Jeff Mills. Jeff Mills, guy, Dami, is going to be Uh, joining us. Can I tell you something? Yeah, tell us about I Mills. absolutely love Jeff Mills. And here's one for you folks before we get before we Audi 5000. Separated at birth, Jeff Mills and the now different hairline Drew Brees. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure everybody loves Drew Brees. I'm sure he's adorable and stuff. But he, you know, the, the fact that he was a bald man with the Saints and all of a sudden he's got a full head of hair. That's problematic. As we used to say, you dance with the girl you brought to the prom, Dan Nathan. Fair enough, buddy. All right, listen, guys. Thank you for everyone joining us today. We enjoy doing these. Danny Moses, the, you, 
Thank you for dropping in. This was a, a pleasant surprise, guy. He um, left already. He left. Uh, He's gone. All right. All right. I'll check you later, brother. <laughs> See you, everybody. Right. Thanks.